what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. If you will keep your faith anchored in Jesus Christ and what he did for you at Calvary, I promise you one day you will stand before him. You can ask him your questions and he will give you an answer and you will be satisfied. Do you know what Jesus did for you? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of John, the book of St. John chapter 13, beginning with verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know ye what I have done to you. I just want to stop right there, and I want to ask you the question today. Do you know what Jesus did for you? This event took place just hours before Jesus would suffer one of the most painful, agonizing deaths that mankind could ever imagine and hell could ever devise. Jesus is celebrating the feast of Passover with his disciples. This would be the last time that he would sit down with his disciples in the flesh. And the disciples, they have partook of the feast of Passover so many times in their lives. They're so caught up in this tradition. They are so spiritually dull that they really do not understand exactly what is about to happen to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I wonder today in this sanctuary and how many listening to me by radio, the internet, CD, or some other device, I wonder how many are so spiritually dull this Easter season that they do not grasp and understand that for which Jesus did for us. At this last Passover supper, Jesus would take unleavened bread he would bless it he would break it and he said this is my body which is given for you I want to deal with the human body for just a few minutes every single human being going back 
to the very dawn of time in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. The Bible tells us that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. And the idea is that when God created man, he was clothed in an array of light. The only thing that even remotely comes close to it is when Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up on a mountain apart, and the Bible says that he was transfigured before their very eyes. The light on the inside of him began to shine out, and his face did shine as the sun, the Bible says. And I believe that Adam and Eve was clothed in an array of light there in the very beginning. But after they partook of that tree, the light went out. They realized at that point in time that they were naked. And the physical body has been so weakened by the fall that now it doesn't take much for us to get sick. The hormones within the physical body does not produce the chemicals as it should as we get older. And the hair turns gray. In some cases, the hair falls out. <laughs> Our bodies don't function like they used to. You can blame Adam and Eve on that. It goes back to the fall. But Adam and Eve, they eat something. And whatever you eat, it gets absorbed into your bloodstream. When they partook of that tree, it so affected the human body that every single human being that would ever be born would have that seed of sin flowing through their bloodstream. And I'll deal with that here in just a little bit. But the physical body is neutral. Understand that. There's nothing bad, nothing wrong with the physical body. At the same time, I want you to know there's nothing good about it either. It's neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's whatever you do with the physical body that can be good or bad. But because of the fall, mankind is dominated by a sin nature. Dominated by it, which means you don't have to teach the little ones to lie. They'll just automatically do it. You don't have to teach them to steal. You have to teach them not to steal. It's automatic. We automatically gravitate toward that which is sinful, toward that which is wrong. The physical body. Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. You see, you and I, this physical body is dominated by sin nature. But Jesus Christ was not born as a result of natural procreation. 
His birth was a virgin birth, which means he did not have a sin nature. And when he died on Calvary, the blood that he shed was precious blood. Now, at the Passover supper, Jesus also took a cup and said, This is the New Testament in my blood, my blood which will be shed for many for the remission of sin. Remission of sin, forgiveness of sin. Remission also carries the idea of something which has been creating problems, but now it's not creating any problems anymore. You've heard a doctor say of some when they've taken certain treatments for cancer, that after they've gone through all the treatments, the doctor will do a test and come back and say, well, your cancer has now gone into a state of remission. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? I'm trying to get to something. I'm doing it poorly. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you apply that precious blood to your heart and life, that sin nature goes into a state of remission to where it's not dominating you anymore. And every sin you've ever committed is forgiven, washed, cleansed. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus did this at the last Passover, but at the first Passover... Turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. We'll pick it up with verse 7. The children of Israel had been under Egyptian bondage for several hundred years. And God is now about to bring the final blow against Pharaoh in order to make him let the people go. Sent plague after plague, and Pharaoh would not let the people go. So he told Moses to take a lamb. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. He said, take the blood of the lamb... Strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein you are. That's verse 13 if you'll look down at that. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague, look at this. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Glory to God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have in essence applied the blood to the doorpost of your heart, and that plague of sin that is in your life will not be upon you to destroy you in a lake of fire to burn there forever and forever. But when that blood has been applied, Jesus said, I will look upon you and I will look over you. I will pass over you. 
And when you stand before God one day, He does not see your sin. He sees the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that plague of sin will not destroy you. Oh, you will. You will cross over Jordan's chilly tide one day. That day will come when you will draw your last breath. And there's some of you in here, you have a fear of death. I'm here to tell you when Jesus died on Calvary, He took away the sting of death. He took away the sting of death. Because when you close your eyes here, boom, you will be in the presence of God Almighty there to dwell forever and forever. Because he also told the disciples that night at the last Passover, he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself. There you will forever be in the presence of God. Every one of you under the sound of my voice today, you've lost a loved one. And this time of year comes around and you're reminded of that one who has passed on and has gone away. And you will never see them again here on this earth. But I'm here to tell you today, if they place their faith in Jesus Christ, and if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will see them again one day in the portals of glory. Oh, I don't know if y'all feel that this morning or not, but I feel it. Glory to God. There's a better day coming. There's a better day coming. Jesus paid it all. For that better day that's coming. In this room today, and I know there is many by radio, there's a lot of questions. Life has been more than unfortunate to you. And there's a lot of questions in your mind and you don't understand. Don't let the questions rob you of your faith. If you will keep your faith anchored in Jesus Christ and what He did for you at Calvary, I promise you one day you will stand before Him. You can ask Him your questions and He will give you an answer and you will be satisfied. Do you know what Jesus did for you? I've already said a lot of things I didn't intend to say this morning. Baby, don't be upset because the computer crashed. You couldn't have got it up there fast enough as he's giving it to me this morning. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost is faster than any computer in this world. Glory to God. Mm, mm, mm. At the supper that night, the disciples, they're so spiritually dull. They don't grasp it. They don't understand what's about to happen to him. You and I look back on it today, and we still don't grasp it. We still don't quite understand it as we should. And Jesus makes a shocking announcement to jar them, to get their attention He said, one of you here shall betray me. 
And the disciples began to inquire among themselves as to who it would be who would do this thing. And they each began to say, Master, is it I? Is it I? At that supper table that night, Jesus looked at Simon Peter and said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fail not. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to fail me. But I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Every person under the sound of my voice today that's saved, you're going to fail God sooner or later. You're in this physical body that's been so weakened by the fall and we're living in a world of sin. You're going to fail God. But Jesus said, I pray that your faith fail not. I want you to get that. Understand that. You may look at a fellow brother or sister in the Lord, and you, you know of things going on in their life, and you know there are things that are not right. Pray that their faith fail not. That's the thing. That's the key. Faith. Faith. The Bible also tells us in Mark, not Mark, Luke 22, verse 24, that there was a strife among the disciples. Now, I, w I want you to get this picture, if you will. Jesus has just told them, what is about to happen to him. There is no emotion in the disciples other than this emotion right here. They begin to bicker and fuss and argue over who is going to be the greatest. Now you think of that. How do you think that made the Lord feel? He was human, but he was also God. The Bible tells us that God the Father placed all things in his hands. And Jesus is sitting there listening to all of this. And God said, the decision's up to you. I can imagine Jesus sitting there. Are you kidding me? Really? I've been with these guys for three and a half years. I just told them I'm going to go die on a cross for them, and here they are bickering and fussing and fighting. And God the Father said, it's all up to you. See, Jesus had every right right then, really. He had every right to call fire down out of heaven and consume them all. And just be done with them. Get it over with. They ain't got no more respect for me than that. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. 
But some of you go into a business meeting in the church house and you bicker and fuss and argue over stuff that ain't got nothing to do with the kingdom of God. How do you think that makes the Lord feel? The Bible says that Jesus got up from the table. The bickering, the fussing, the arguing stops. What is he going to do? The Bible says that Jesus laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself with that towel, and got down and washed the disciples' feet. He laid aside his garments, a type of the incarnation. A type of God laying aside His deity and becoming a human being. It's like me, if I had the power to do such a thing, become a dog. And in doing that, I'm going to die for all the dogs in the world and every dog will be saved. Never again will another dog have to die. But here's the catch, here's the catch to it now. To become a dog, I have to lay aside my ability to drive. I have to lay aside my ability to work on that computer or fuss at it or whatever. I have to lay aside my ability to communicate, my ability to reason, the things that are indicative of a human being. I have to lay those things aside and take on the image and likeness of a dog and be restricted to those particular limitations. And once I make the decision to do that, I can never again be as I once was. That's what Jesus did for you. He laid aside his deity, became a human being for you and I. When he looked at God the Father, he said, look at me. When you see me again, there will be nail holes in my hands. There will be a spear wound in my side. My back will be torn to pieces. Look at me now, Father, because when you see me again, I will never be as I am right now. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel, and he girded himself with that towel. Jesus Christ just didn't become a human being, but he experienced what human life is. He, he entered into the pain. He entered into the hurt. He was a carpenter by trade. He would go off into the woods and grab a piece of wood and cut it down and drag it back to the shop. And he would fashion that piece of wood into a plow yoke. He felt every splinter. No doubt from time to time he mashed his finger, buddy. Let me tell you, it hurt. He'd work out there in the hot sun, working on that piece of wood. 
with sweat rolling down his face and the gnat surrounding him, he entered into the human life. He felt the pain. He was not born into a rich family. He was born among the poor. I'm trying to tell you something this morning, that when God became man, Jesus Christ, He wrapped Himself up in humanity. and He took that towel and He girded Himself. He wrapped Himself up with it. The Bible says that He took water in a basin. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus did, He did it through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, no sin nature, lived a perfect life, if He needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I today need the power of the Holy Spirit within our hearts and lives? He had the fullness of the Spirit, unlike any human being ever born. He poured water into a basin, took that towel, and He washed the disciples' feet. He sat back down and he asked the question, Do you know what I've done to you? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 